Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do I have an amazing episode lined up for you today. Today's episode is Thought Leader Nugget number 47. And I'm going to tell you my story. And I think you're going to find it very powerful and very interesting. So, growing up, my father was my hero. Why? Because he was a man with a vision. He was always talking to us about his plans for creating a bright future for himself and the people around him. I was in absolute awe of this man. When the Iranian revolution was taking place, dad had the foresight to see that life under the new government was going to be tough for ethnic and religious minorities. My brothers and I were already being taunted and getting into fights with kids because of our ethnic and religious background. Dad swiftly made arrangements to get us out of the country and into the free West. If not for his strength and vision, the family would have stayed behind and not been able to avail ourselves of the great opportunities that Canada has given us. He was this larger-than-life character, handsome like the movie star Omar Sharif, the star of the movie Dr. Zhivago, with personality and charm to burn. You see, my dad was an entrepreneur, and one that embodied the phrase, heart-driven. He was a heart leader before that was a thing. He was always going out of his way to meet new people and turn them into friends. And he always went out of his way to be kind to those people and to do things for them. He had lots of raving fans in all walks of life, from janitors to titans of industry. When dad needed something, he'd just reach into his network and call someone. And invariably, whoever he called would respond and help him with whatever he needed. This helped him get connections to large potential clients, to contractors for construction work, to government officials for help with the various and sundry regulations and requirements he had to navigate through as a businessman. I was in awe of how dad could make a seemingly insoluble problem go away by making a phone call. I learned how to be good at connecting with people from my father. I love meeting people, connecting with them, and finding ways to help them. In fact, being helpful to people is one of my core non-negotiable values. It's what's made me be so passionate about connecting with people. In the past 10 years, here's some of the ways I've been able to practice Ivan Meisner's famous philosophy of giver's gain. I've helped over 60 men whose marriages were falling apart save them. I've helped over 175 entrepreneurs discover their hidden talents within and add somewhere between $100,000 and $40 million to their annual income. I've connected some of my business associates to top podcasters to help them get their business message out to a wider audience. I've grown and established my podcast, this podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution, 
and I've attracted some of the most famous business thought leaders in the world to come and be on my show. For example, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, creators of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series of books, authors of 59 number one New York Times bestsellers. Dr. Ken Blanchard, the number one New York Times bestselling author of the book, The One Minute Manager. Marie Forleo, Oprah's coach. Barbara Corcoran, star of the hit ABC TV series, The Shark Tank. Seth Coden, marketing uber guru and thought leader and number one New York Times bestselling author. Kathy Ireland, former Sports Illustrated supermodel and current super mogul. These are just a few of the people that I've had the opportunity to have on my show. My impact on people is in the hundreds of thousands, if not the millions. And the main reason for this is because I've taken connecting with and helping my fellow man and woman very seriously, especially in times of adversity. Whenever I meet someone new, I really take the time to get to know that person. Who are they as a human being? What's important to them? What do they value? What concerns or problems are they up against? What is their Achilles heel or their kryptonite? What's their superpower? What type of help do they need? And how can they help others? And I file that information away in my memory banks. I have an intention to connect them to someone great, someone just like themselves, with hopes, fears, dreams, and aspirations, who can help either them or can use their help. I have a commitment to connect 10 people a week to one another. Sometimes I'll do more than 10, sometimes I'll do less, but the intention's always there and I love doing it. It makes me feel good, it makes me and the people that I'm connecting to one another feel good, and it makes the people who observe me making the connection feel good. The truth is that I'm a very social man, and I believe that every human being at their core is social. We want and crave and need human connection. One of my business associates, who's a very successful serial entrepreneur, says that now more than ever, people crave authenticity and connection. I couldn't agree more. During the global COVID-19 virus pandemic of 2020 and 2021, this became very obvious. Cooped up and stuck at home, people started reaching out to each other via online platforms like Zoom. They were looking for answers on how to navigate through this pandemic, and they instinctively knew that doing it alone was not a good idea. So what I did is I stepped up and offered to waive my usual fee for doing a keynote talk and did dozens of talks over Zoom. In each talk, it struck me that people really wanted to be together, even if it was just virtually, and they really wanted to connect. I wanted to help inspire and teach their employees to look at this as a blessing and opportunity to shine and have their finest hour. The opportunity to serve so many people became possible because of the time I invested in the people running their organizations at an individual human level. This allowed me to build and strengthen many business relationships with people, to connect with them, show them that I care and I'm here to help. It also engendered their trust in me and gave them faith to allow me to speak to their people. So my new talk was called Creating Order Out of Chaos, How to Thrive in the Age of the Pandemic. The theme of the talk was about the power of connecting, and here's how I delivered it. First, I asked the members of the audience to share what was on their mind, what they were worried, scared, or concerned about. At first, they were usually reticent to share, but once the first brave person opened up, then the floodgates opened up. Usually 10 to 30 people would share, either by speaking or if it was a big group through the chat function on Zoom's webinar platform. This connected people to one another and created a sense of community and togetherness, a very powerful thing 
of we are all in this together. During this part of the talk, I'd make everyone feel acknowledged and validated by feeding what they said back to them verbatim. And that allowed them to release the anxiety that being in isolation had built up. In a very real way, the power of connecting and sharing had helped them feel better. Everyone felt like it was going to be okay because they weren't in this alone. Second, I thanked them all for sharing their concerns and I once again validated them. Then I told them that while the pandemic and the lockdowns were a fact and one that they couldn't necessarily control, they could control their response to it. And then I said that the news media was making things worse by hyping up the fear and that the best way to reclaim their power was to go on a news diet. Stay informed, but don't watch the news 24-7. The average person was spending two and a half hours a day following the virus and its impact on the news, and the negativity associated with doing that was lowering their energy, weakening their immune system, and making them more susceptible to this and other viruses as a result. Instead, I suggested that they replace the news with positive inputs into their brain, like podcasts and books. Since I host this fantastic podcast, which you're listening to now, where I interview some of the world's top thought leaders in the realm of personal development and business success, I suggest that they all subscribe to and listen to this podcast. Okay? And, you know, I told them about the guests, which I just told you about. People like Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI. You know, people like... John Maxwell, the number one leadership author in the world, people like Stephen Mansfield, who is a top New York Times bestselling author. I also recommended that they buy and read my best-selling books, which are powerful and inspirational. They're called Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion, The Thought Leader's Journey, A Fable of Life, and The Power of Connecting, How to Activate Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network. The first book is a powerful step-by-step guide to elevating your performance and winning like a gold medal champion. It'll inspire you and it'll challenge you, and it will help you propel yourself to victory in all areas of your life. The second book is a parable, much like Og Mandino's famous books or Robin Sharma's fable, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It's the story of a young man who's stuck working a J-O-B in a large corporation, a job that he's good at, but one that doesn't fulfill him. He yearns to be an entrepreneur, to create the business and the life of his dreams, but he's afraid to take action, afraid until he meets his two guides who help him discover talents and courage within that he didn't even know he had. It's powerful, it's inspirational, and it will uplift your soul. Okay. And then I told him about the power of connecting, which is a step-by-step guide on how to use the power of connecting to your fellow man and woman to dramatically increase the size of your business. And I told him that positive inputs in the brain will help them feel empowered and in control. No longer will fear overwhelm them. And at this point in the talk, the energy in the Zoom room was palpably different. Their spirits were uplifted, and they were starting to feel like they were more in control and less at the effect of circumstances and events. Then I told them that they were heroes who had just forgotten how truly magnificent they were. And I reminded them that there were people all over the world, people in their circle of influence, family members, friends, clients, prospects, and others who were feeling alone, upset, and scared that these people needed to hear from them. These people needed their love, their caring, and their belief in them. Some of them may have even been on the brink of giving up, maybe even on something as precious as life itself. And I told them the story of a young man who worked for my business mentor who was socially isolated, who put the business end of a gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. No one was there for him to talk him out of it, to remind him that it was going to be okay, and that would help him pull through it because together no problem is too big for us to tackle. I then challenged them to commit to reaching out to people in their life who needed to hear from them. I then asked a few people to publicly declare and commit that they would do this, 
and name the names of the first five people they would call. This time, no one held back. They were inspired and they were ready to commit to helping their fellow man and woman with a simple act of connecting, or in the words of the famous AT&T ad campaign of the late 70s and early 80s, reach out and touch someone. At this point, the energy in the Zoom room was through the roof. The comments from people were coming through the chat feature fast and furious. The positivity in the air was contagious, and we'd gone from fearing the COVID depression to being grateful for the COVID blessing. Well, that was a while ago. We found out a lot about COVID since, and about especially our government's desire to use it as an excuse to exert power over us. But I'll tell you, at the time, it was very powerful. And I wrapped up my talk by saying the following, remember in many ways, this is our generation's version of World War II. 80 years ago, the men and women of the World War II generation stood tall against the greatest evil the world has ever known up to that point, an aggressive fascist tyranny that threatened to overwhelm freedom. They stood tall and fought, bled, and died to defeat that evil so that their children and grandchildren would be safe and free. But it was anything but a foregone conclusion that we would win that fight. In 1940, Britain and the Commonwealth stood alone. Hitler had a non-aggression pact with his fellow dictator Stalin, and the United States had not yet entered the fight. And the Nazi leader had a free hand to go and crush his last enemy. He sent his air force, the famed and feared Luftwaffe, to go and bomb the British and destroy the Royal Air Force, preparing the way for his army to invade and subdue the British. But wartime Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill rallied the nation with his inspiring, authentic, and hard-hitting speeches. I have nothing to offer you but blood, toil, tears, and sweat, he famously said, and the British people responded magnificently. They sacrificed, they went about their business, and they took care of their fellow man and woman. When the Luftwaffe began its onslaught, Churchill knew that to win, the British pilots would need to shoot down the German ones at the rate of four to one. These were impossible odds. The Germans were battle-tested, and their airplanes were regarded as the best in the world. But Churchill believed even in the face of no agreement from his top advisors and through sheer force of will, he made his nation believe along with him. British warplane designers unveiled the Hurricane and the Spitfire, which were more than a match for the German Focke-Wulfs, Messerschmitts, and Stukas. And the brave pilots of the RAF and the Royal Canadian Air Force did the impossible, and they shot down four German planes for every one the Germans shot down. And Britain and Canada won the Battle of Britain. The Nazi war machine never threatened British soil again, and freedom defeated tyranny. In perhaps his most famous speech, Churchill said that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth were to last a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. And I say this to you, that if Canada and the free West were to last a thousand years and long may they last, men and women would say of our generation that the truckers who confronted the fascist lockdown, that the men and women who said enough with these mandates Enough with forcing people to do what you want, to do your bidding. Let us be free. And the men and women of Canada's Senate who pushed back against the tyrannical Emergencies Act invocation by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau would be remembered. And they would say of us and our generation and those truckers and those senators that this was our finest hour. But remember, you are magnificent. You are being called to step up, to stop thinking about yourself and focusing on the fear and the hype that is being made to appear all too real and to reach out to others, be there for them and offer to serve them. Do this and victory will be yours and ours. Are you with me? And lastly, I told them and I tell you that your clients and prospects need your help. After all, 
Your business and all businesses exist to solve problems. Those problems have not gone away during the global pandemic or the post-pandemic world. If anything, the fact that so many companies have stopped doing business because of the pandemic meant that the people that needed their help were unable to easily get it. So I challenge them and I challenge you not to back away from looking for business, which is really another way of saying looking for people who have the problems that you solve best and offering to serve them and solve their problems. This powerful statement delivered with deep love and a desire to serve touched the hearts of everyone in the Zoom room and inspired them to go out and seek people to serve. And afterward, I'd get emails, texts, and calls from the members of the audience telling me how this talk and the actions they took to connect with the people in their lives lifted them out of the doldrums and into a space of power and being in action made all the more meaningful because of the authentic and real connections that they had rekindled. Bravo. And that's what you need to do, my friend. Listen to this show. Listen to this episode again and again. Let it inspire you. Give it to someone who needs inspiration today. Vladimir Putin and Russia invaded the Ukraine. Canada almost succumbed to tyranny. And China, under the leadership of the communist leader, Xi Jinping, is threatening to invade Taiwan. The world is at its most dangerous place in four generations. It's 1939 that Hitler was on the eve of invading Poland. We are facing something similar in the free West right now. Do not, do not back away. Stand up for freedom. Support these truckers. Pat King and Tamara Lick should be released from prison. They are civil rights heroes. And it is abominably wrong that they are not being granted bail. Hang in there, heroes. Call your MPs. Tell them to push to have these folks released and have bail granted to them. And these charges that have been laid against them are charges only a tyrant would lay. Stand up for freedom. Stand up for your business and stand up for freedom. That is what you must do. That wraps up another episode of the Thought Leader Revolution podcast. To find out more about the principles I just talked about, go read one of my books. Go talk to someone who needs your help. And go be that man, that woman who gives a good gosh darn about freedom and their fellow man and woman. Go get business and go help those who have lost hope, who've been disheartened. That's what you need to do. God bless you. Bye-bye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 